Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Super Show podcast. It is one of the countless weekly video gaming podcasts around the world, hosted by white men with varying degrees of facial hair. And you could have watched or listened to any one of them, and yet you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and joining me as ever is my trusted partner in crime, a title that this week um, feels more relevant than ever. It's Mr. Alex Jones. How are you, Jonesy? Hello, Jamie. I'm um, I'm very well, thank you. A uh, little bit of the he gurgle gurgles in the uh, on the insides this week. Uh, it is yeah. the season for sickness, but it's all good. So glad to be on here with you and with our awesome viewers. So there we go. Yeah, I'm glad you're with us as well. For anyone wondering, before we went live, Jonesy let out a noise that I described <laughs> prior to uh, the podcast as a death gurgle. Uh, so if you wanted an extra reason to stay with us for the duration of this podcast, whether you're watching live or pre-recorded, uh, the video version, audio version, uh, stay with us to find out if Jonesy survives the next couple of hours. Yeah. Um, one of the perks of the pods that we don't get to offer every week. Hopefully no more death gurgles in the next couple uh, of hours. If you, if you, if you, if you if we're to poll the audience, do you reckon they'd be pro-death gurgle or anti-death gurgle in terms of what got picked up by the mic? I, I would like to say they'd be pro-death gurgle as long as it didn't actually end in my death. They would be for that. I'd like to think and there's so, maybe few who would who would hope for uh, the actual death. Oh, I'm going to have to give a shout out to some um, amazing people in chat who are joining us, Jamie, already. Cause Please they, do. Know, popping up. We've got Classy Cat, Erica Nelson, The Mushroom, and Brady Davidson. Um, and Mugney as well. How can I miss Mugney? Um, Erica coming in from Oregon. I'm going to... There you go. Oregon... I'm going to... I can't think what Oregon is. I'm going to... Oregon's... Gonna Oregon's a state, isn't it? Is Oregon a state? Is that... What, oh, is that, am I not thinking of... You, usually, of? because my memory works in such a way where it pairs, like, major cities with the state. Me too. And so if I say the major city and I can't automatically roll off the state, it usually means that it is a state. Um, but now that we have the problem of trying to remember the name of a place in Oregon that makes... I can't. Makes it make You're sense. Right. Um, I do that. Ba- so American and places I do that, like Sandusky, Ohio. So I always remember that. Um, and then like uh, um, a one, a good one I remember. Los Angeles, Chicago. California. Go on. That's good. I was going to say Chicago, Illinois, because Chicago yep. is a very famous place. But I feel like Illinois doesn't get mentioned very much in its own right. Uh, okay, Oregon is West Coast above California, and it is indeed a state. So thank you, everyone, for helping out. There, there you go. Chat. You can tell Jonesy and I haven't been doing our sporkle quizzes lately. We need to up our US state awareness. One of the things, Jonesy, that is going to help massively with our US state awareness is, though, if you allow me to jump straight into the thick of things, no tomfoolery in this week of all weeks, is uh, continuing to play uh, a certain series that regularly takes uh, fictionalized versions of American places and uh, builds its homes there. Um, that's, of course, because uh, unless you've been living under a rock for the past few days, uh, you will have noticed that this has uh, fast become one of the most talked about, maybe even significant weeks in recent gaming history, maybe even all of gaming history, Jonesy, when we look back on this week uh, in the years to come. That's right. Um, without further ado, it's the week that uh, 2K LEGO Drive finally comes to PlayStation Plus. Uh, it's a huge win for gamers. I have to give massive props to 2K and to PlayStation for doing whatever paperwork they needed to get over the line to get this done. It's a must-have for any self-respecting PlayStation Plus subscriber. You've got to get this game in the library. Jonesy, 
hot and cold. How, what's your temperature for Lego two K Lego Drive finally being free? Ten thousand degrees, mate. I'm there. Hot, hot, hot. Turns out not set in Oregon. Um, <laughs> no, um, sorry, I, I jest. Uh, with all due respect to two K Lego Drive, which I'm sure is a perfectly fine six to seven <laughs> out of ten uh, game. The reality of the situation is obviously a fair degree uh, grander than that because after years of Waiting and speculation and rumours and, and hearsay and all the rest of it, we've finally seen our first trailer, the first trailer, for Grand Theft Auto 6. The first new entry in Rockstar's acclaimed series for what is... Um, 10 years. Well, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years at the time of recording, Josie. But of course, 12 years uh, by the time of at least estimated release in 2025. Um, it goes without saying that there's a lot to break down with regards to how this has all gone down over the past couple of days, Jonesy, from obviously that record-breaking tweet that Rockstar released, um, and we uh, we joined the, a number of people in mimicking for our thumbnail today. Uh, that came out last Friday. And then, of course, there was the massive scramble that occurred last night. So we'll get into all the nitty-gritty in just a moment, as well as breaking down the trailer itself with regards to you know setting protagonists, any story beats that we can glean um, from the 90 seconds that we've had so far. But I wonder, Jonesy, just to simplify it an awful lot, if I could just get your gut reaction, how it felt to take in your first 90-second dose of life in Vice City. What was running through your mind? Um, I was uh, very excited. I'm going to... So everything... We, there was so much in that 90 seconds. And I think this is the thing when, when Rockstar dropped trailers for Grand Theft Auto and have done in the past... They always start with a cinematic. They always start with like outlaying the the world and the environment and trying to get across some of the feel of it. And I think, you know, that was what we were all expecting. We weren't expecting anything apart from that. But they put in a lot more than I thought they were going to in a very short space of time. I was expecting more of a tease than this. But actually, I, I mm. feel like we we really got some uh, and like some stuff that we could get our teeth into even at this like early stage. Like you said, um, a, a year at minimum. Uh, you know, just over a year from release. Yeah, right. Like, when you think back to debut trailers for GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption 2, both uh, accompanied by voiceovers from characters who would later go on to be protagonists. In the case of uh, GTA Five, it was Michael. Red Dead Redemption 2, obviously, Arthur. Um, but I remember Red Dead Redemption 2, they didn't even show Arthur's face. You get one shot of him from behind, and it's kind of insinuated that it's him. This is kind of, if we take the the narrative perspective first... Amongst the more on-the-nose presentations of a story setup or a story premise that we've had in debut trailers, being introduced to a character called Lucia, um, uh, GTA's first female protagonist, who appears to have fallen foul of the law at some point. She's seen at various points being in prison and with an inmate uh, sort of orange jumpsuit on. People have noticed in the key art she's wearing an ankle monitor. And while, of course, the events at the game, uh, the order in which the game presents events, remains to be seen. At some point, pre or post that jail time, she has a relationship implied to be both romantic and in crime with uh, uh, an as-yet-unnamed white man that I believe we think is called Jason, based off previous leaks, um, in what seems to be kind of like a bit of a Bonnie and Clyde relationship, right? That, that's the vibe, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. Um, maybe maybe less so in the sense of was he Bonnie and Clyde. I think... Um, as, from what I understand, is much more of a, like a pairing. I I got them. I don't know if you did, but I got the feeling from this that um, that that there is like a main character. Like I suppose you could say that Michael was the main character of five, and that um, you know even though there were two other playable characters. But 
I, it definitely to me felt like she was the main character and that he was like uh, you know an, an accomplice and I don't know if that's quite how Bonnie and Clyde played out of them that they were much more of like an equal pairing but then with a if it is like five and you can switch between the two characters then obviously it's up to you how much time you spent you know playing as um as each one like I'm I, tr I think if I think back to five um I think I probably spent most time uh I can't remember his name What's the black guy called out of GTA Five? Franklin. Franklin. I played. I spent the most time as Franklin, probably because of the t like I was, you know, I was more his age. I felt more, um, uh, like I, I felt more similar to him out of all the characters. You know, you're extremely in touch with African American culture. <laughs> more like I'm not a 45 year old. At the time, I wasn't a 45 year old married guy uh, living in a big fancy house, and I wasn't a crazed uh, like a hobo guy living out of a caravan. I, I was definitely more Franklin out of the three um despite the african-american stuff um but no i i so i was i played as him a lot more than i played as the other two obviously there are times when you have to play as them but that's i wonder how this will go down because some people you know like some people are going to some people have already said oh i don't want to i don't like the idea of a female uh protagonist but it's like a gta is never about like a specific character going through all these games they're always different so w why like you play horizon you play like myriad other games with female protagonists so i don't really get well that would be an issue but then even if you can switch i mean yeah then it's it's not even as a big deal anyway because you could play as the dude if you wanted to yeah. you could play as the jason character but yeah it looks wicked though like i'm i'm so into the, the visuals if these translate at all at all closely into the game world like that beach just with like teeming with yeah. people and stuff going on all over the place like it looks it looks like like a game which is worthy of a 10-year wait for another GTA installment. Absolutely. And like I think the, the, the fear with something like this is that it won't look like that at first blush. I mean, there, there have been times, I remember, especially around GTA Five, especially, where some people came away from those initial looks a little bit lukewarm on what they were seeing and how much of a leap it was. And of course, the proof ended up being in the pudding. But this is one of the most obvious or notable times that Rockstar have just knocked it out of the park from the word go and i completely agree with you the visuals for a studio and a company that always do everything um in engine and in real time obviously you know rockstar have never in their modern era messed with pre-rendered cutscenes or anything like that the, the the steps they've taken to kind of make the like the visual quality across the board um as, as high as it is it, it's it's really do you know what this is going to be a bit of a weird one but when i went when i was at e3 in 2018 i saw the behind closed doors demo for cyberpunk 2077 that was the year where it had a trailer at uh, Microsoft's press conference, but the that demo remained behind closed doors for another handful of months, and then they released a clipped-down version of it. And I remember walking out of that demo and talking to some NVIDIA employees and saying, it doesn't feel like we just saw a current-gen game. It feels like we saw a next-gen game, like we're seeing the future. And there was something about some elements of this trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 that had that same feeling to them, where when you match like the visual quality and the steps they've taken were obviously like like the degree to which the lighting is improved and the amount of post-processing, like the use of depth of field and all these kind of very cinematic touches, but mixing that with a density that just far outweighs anything that I feel like we've seen for a long time. You mentioned that beach. Again, a very crass example, but I saw a tweet um, that basically said uh, that, like, there are, two, there are two kinds of people out there in the world who, when they see this picture... You know, column A is oh wow, look, look, you know, look at how impressive this is. Column B is you know, driving a cheetah at one hundred miles an hour, <laughs> and of course, the, uh, it, like 
when you start to consider it's a GTA game and obviously the possibilities those sandboxes allow, you do start to think, how is you know this degree of population density or vehicle density and all these different character models and what are probably very advanced AI systems all going to blend when I'm you know driving and you know people are tumbling over the top of my bonnet like it's it's or when I you go into town with a minigun and that's where this goes from being a very impressive and very dense and very varied trailer to something that becomes an extremely inviting um, like promise to make this early on for the kind of world that Grand Theft Auto 6 could have. And that answers so many questions about, you know, you talk about tonality, you talk about how has Vice City changed since, you know, the 1980s, where obviously it was that Scarface, Miami Vice, neon-infused, you know, drug empire. And now it's very much the Florida man kind of idea of people half-naked, probably high on bath salts, <laughs> tussling with crocodiles. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, Jonesy. I'm all for it. I One thing I loved in particular, and... and I think you can. So this, I think in games, and and rightfully so, sometimes people criticise games for sort of injecting a level of um, like stuff from the real world into games or like politics into games. And I can see why sometimes that is a valid critique. I think the almost the opposite is true with Grand Theft Auto games because it is it needs to be like this, uh, like coked up, over the top um zeitgeist snapshot moment of the modern world like turned up to a thousand and then put into a video game and i think with the things like the social media type stuff the posting the tiktok stuff the uh like you know just the over the top level of um just like just like people being kind of extra i think seemed twerking twerking as you said like like wrestling alligators like mud playing in the mud dirt biking down streets all of this stuff was just is just like cranked up to 11 and it it's exactly what i think a gta game needs to do and have and be um and yeah i'm it with like we are early on we haven't seen any of the gameplay yet obviously it was a long way to go before we get to the final product um but everything they're doing and saying at the moment i think is is fantastic and seems exactly where we want to be um and at the end of course like as a greek gta game it also has to have a really grounded main story and it seems from what we've got um with leaks and things and we talk about like the the arc that these characters are going to go on and and like the getting out of the prison system and how that works and how she's obviously getting back into society and the bonnie and clyde situation as you said i think all of this stuff you have this over the top overly saturated insane overworld and then this sort of like grounded character story arc which sort of happens underneath it all and at the moment yeah it, it seems like they're absolutely nailing it yeah, it it will be weird to see if there is any dissonance between those two elements because obviously Rockstar Games have very clearly indulged in you know wackiness around the fringes of the stories they've told in a lot of different ways and going back a long time. But this does feel like we, especially as something about the way they present their story and how cinematic it becomes, and you look at that like that cutscene towards the end where. Lucia and let's call him Jason I think they're really like almost in bed and they both say trust and like how like, there was a, a degree of gravitas to that that was certainly present in Red Dead Redemption 2 but like like Rockstar haven't always been able to capture because you know just a, by mean by way of their storytelling techniques more often than not will that be weird if the thing that you were doing five minutes earlier was like tasing some crazy naked guy who was running towards you with two hammers or, or, or like it, I don't know if there's going to be a dissonance there and likewise, going back to what you were saying earlier, I don't know how they're going to present that story, even if they're even in terms of potential character switching. Because you talk about Michael Franklin and Trevor, one thing that you could say about all those three 
is that within the context of people who live within the greater Los Santos area, it would be harder to get three more different archetypes for characters. If Jason and Lucia are similar, you know, not joined at the hip, but let's say they are in love or let's say they are a couple and, you know, think or behave similarly or or, or, or driven by the same things or have similar ambitions, you know, what are the differences going to be between one or the other? Why would you switch from Jason to Lucia or vice versa other than wanting to play as a male character over a female character or, again, vice versa? Um, those are kind of some of the intricacies that I can't, I'm, I'm, that really make me hope that the the core narrative elements of uh, that are present in Grand Theft Auto Six also do as much heavy lifting as they have done in the past. Um, or in fact, I'm going to take that back more so than they've done in the past. Because again, you and I have had this discussion before. I'm going to take the two Red Dead games off the table because I think by honing in on revenge narratives, they actually managed to simplify in such a way. But if anyone out there thinks that Grand Theft Auto Five had a genuinely phenomenal narrative, I would I would ask you to tell me. Um, what I'd ask you to describe the plot of that game as concisely as you possibly could in a comment on, on YouTube for us, uh, because it, it is all over the place. It is. Um, but the, I think that's why I think, for me, it always comes back to how well those characters are crafted, not the story, because I have no idea what the story is. Like, I, I haven't... GTA yeah. Five. I've got no idea what the story is. I, there's an arc to the characters, which I really like and feel, and I think they get they do well at getting across. Um, like I said, with I think this trailer, but yeah, the main stories I've got no, I, li I have no idea. The only one I've got any idea about is like Vi is Vice City because it just seemed to like be very close to um, uh, oh Scarface as, as we've said yeah. times before. Yeah. Apart from that, but um, yeah, no, usually there it's so all over the place, and I suppose that's part and parcel of what happens when you have such a um a vibrant world and stuff to do and you get so caught up in what you're doing in side quests and main quests and you know activities that it's hard to keep a thread of what the main yep. and especially when you're switching characters it makes that even less even harder as you've said how do you go from uh if you if these are both playable characters how do you go from lucia to jason and how do those differentiate i'm st i'm still hoping they do something really unexpected like jason is a cop and Lucia is a criminal, and you get to play as both sides, almost like we've said before, the departed kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, remains to be seen. It's probably unlikely at this point. I can't imagine you get a cop running around holding up. No, it, it definitely feels like it needs something to it. Like, it, it can't be as simple as, you know, down on their luck couple resort to Bonnie and Clyde-esque escapades uh, to try and, you know, work their way out of a tricky situation. There has to be something to it. There has to be an edge. And I, I, yeah, I'm sure they'll find it, but you're right that it's it's probably too early to try and glean what that is from this trailer alone, or or speculate as to what it might be by any from any clues. Even though there are a fair amount of clues, we talked about some of Lucia's background that's hinted at. Um, a lot of the other clues, though, relate, I think, more to the world that they're trying to build than anything to do with the narrative, uh, the version of uh, Miami or or the wider Florida, sort of wider parts of Florida that they're trying to recreate. Um, it looks buckwild, and I can't wait. Well, I actually, I take that back. I, I, I can wait. I'm going to have to wait, because one thing they also included at the end of this trailer was a release date. Did you expect to see one when you were watching this in real time, and were you shocked to see that it was, of course, 2025? Um, I wasn't expecting to see a release date, um, I, but I'm not surprised at all that it's 2025. Like, I, th I think we've... There was no way that this was going to be a... And it comes out in three months. This was always going to be at minimum. To, to be fair, minimum was going to be a year, which was almost pushed yes. into 2025 anyway. 
So the fact is 2025 is, yeah, I think is the least surprising thing ever. Yeah, I think some people are acting more shocked than I thought they would on socials. Again, yeah, if you'd asked me, based on the fact that it is already December 2023 now, when the, which year we get GTA 5, at the, the GTA 6, excuse me, at the earliest, I'd have said 2025. And so while there is something about that becoming real that does hit home slightly differently, when you start to imagine where you'll be, how old you'll be, what job you might have, and so on and so forth. Um, how old members of your family will be, like siblings for me, maybe kids for you, like weird things to start to consider, um, even though it's only two years away. Uh, but yeah, we've got no choice uh, but to wait. Um, although Jonesy, there are a lot of impatient people out there. I think that's the other thing we learned in the past week, because unless Indeed. you've got anything else to say about the trailer itself, no. um, I wonder if we might, okay, I wonder if we might rewind the clock just a little bit. Um, to when when Rockstar first kind of um, uh, sort of you know put uh, a line in the sand, so to speak, when it came to the trailer. Obviously, we arrived into the build up to December knowing that the trailer would come at some point. We didn't know when. People were hopeful for the first week of December. Obviously, a lot of people looking towards Jeff Keighley's Game Awards that are taking place on Thursday night as a potential place to do it. Although Rockstar are not known for piggybacking off of other people's events, that we had confirmation uh, last Friday that uh, via a tweet that has since uh, became, I think, the most liked gaming-related tweet of all time. It got 1.8 million likes in the first 24 hours from Rockstar's official account, confirming that what they referred to as Trailer 1 would debut on Tuesday, December 5th. Um, I can't remember the time. I think it was 9 a.m. Eastern, something like that. Um, Josie, that all went tits up last night here at UK time, earlier in the afternoon, for those of you listening from uh, stateside, when an anonymous X user who has since been banned shared a low res and heavily watermarked version of the trailer. And he said, was it buy Bitcoin? It said all over it. Oh, I, no, I didn't even see it. I didn't even see the leak. I, uh, the first thing I saw was the was Rockstar dropping the uh, their tweet saying, do you know what? Don't what, like go over to YouTube and watch the proper full res version. And that was the first thing I saw. Yeah. I think the quote was, our trailer is leaked. So please watch the real thing on YouTube. Um, my understanding, I don't have the exact timings, but I think they, uh, that all happened within about 45 minutes of that trailer kind of starting to pick up speed on Twitter. I still think the overwhelming majority of people, 99.99% recurring people, saw it for the first time on YouTube. Um, but needless to say, Jonesy, it's not what Rockstar wanted. It's not what Rockstar employees have wanted. In fact, a lot of them uh, over at Rockstar North and Rockstar Studios around the world have expressed their disappointment since then. I pulled a quote from a senior gameplay animator called Javier Altman on X, um, who said, quote, this fucking sucks. I was hoping to watch this for the first time tomorrow, along with my fellow teammates and co-workers. I feel we deserved that moment. Obviously, a lot goes into the grand reveal for what is now comfortably, I think, the most anticipated video game of all time. So having that ripped from them at the final hour probably does sting a little bit, even if the trailer did stand on its own two legs with no issue. I, I think in a way as well, like they dealt with this in such a clever way. It is for it must be frustrating for the team. I so I'm always torn about this. So like leaking, we talk about leaks, we talk about confirmed rumors. You know, it's always interesting and exciting to talk about games that you are looking forward to. Um, I think when it comes to something like this, a wholesale ripping of a trailer, and you're trying to do it for clout, you're trying to do it for clicks. Um, I think the the way that this was dealt with by Rockstar and the fact that they immediately undercut this 
by releasing the trailer because let's be honest they weren't still making edits and changing things you know they were they had a date they were ready to go it was all queued up and to say no we're going to release this and we're going to get the full res version out there and we're going to give everyone access to it is exactly the way to do it before more people had seen it and the fact that um elon was <laughs> him personally and then went ahead and banned the account i i like i'm torn i'm, I'm massively into like you know free speech and p and uh what do you call it like um uh oh but uh, whistleblowers and stuff like that and, and people you know and and you know being told when things are dodgy but at the same time that nice little two one two shot of undercut and then delete and then your account is suspended i quite i quite liked i thought that was a good way to handle it um yeah for for um for that to be sort of like done and dusted but yeah i feel i feel for the the people who work at rockstar who were who were looking forward to sort of the release date and you know they had probably had a clock in their head of ticking down to the time when the world was going to see it and that was maybe you know sort of thrown up thrown away a little bit but hey we got there we got there in the end yeah, all of a sudden, the, you know, the thing, you know, the global unveil of the thing that you've been working on for, for years has happened, you know, in, in our case here in the UK at like 11 o'clock at night. You're scrambling to see it. You're trying to find reactions. You want to tell friends or family or discuss reactions with coworkers. Yeah, not having that sort of in the more structured form that I'm sure they imagined in their head does suck. I, I'm glad that the trailer, as we said, is able to stand its own two feet. I think the overwhelming majority of responses that I've seen from anyone whose opinion is worth any salt when it comes to video games um, and people who are just, you know, outwardly trying to create debate or conversation for revenue on X has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think most people I've spoken to are really picking up what Rockstar's putting down. And I think the other thing to note is that so far it hasn't hurt. The performance of the trailer had accumulated around 60 million views on YouTube in the first 12 hours. It has since overtaken a Mr. Beast video to become the most viewed non-music video in YouTube history, in the first 24 hours in the history of YouTube. And of course, it hasn't even hit the 24-hour mark. Right. It is 21 hours. Uh, it's been live at the time that we are now live. And it is uh, coming up on 86 million views. I think to take the global record, regardless of whether or not it's a music video, it needs to clear like 106 so if it, I think it needs to do about another 20-odd million views in the next three hours to put, I'm guessing Blackpink, it's either going to be Blackpink or BTS to one side. Obviously, the uh, the K-pop stands, the armies um, <laughs> are very well regimented, very well organized, very tough to take down. So that would be quite the achievement to put gay pop in its place once and for all. I said K-pop, by the way. I realized my mouth did a weird thing where it sounded like gay pop. <laughs> I thought I that's not- what you said. I did not say gay pop. I'm not trying to insinuate that there's anything remotely homosexual. K-pop stands. Come at Jamie. He is just, nope. uh, she's trying to change the name of your favorite genre. No, here's the thing. As has been well documented, I like K-pop. I just like twice a lot more than I like you do, Blackpink you? or BTS. And twice, a great band, historical girl band in, in, you know, in Korean music industry terms, but have just never set any of the records YouTube-wise. Um... Uh, the Blackpink and BTS, they don't, they don't quite have the same international appeal. Um, far more successful domestically relative to their international success. Shout out to Twice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jonesy, with that, I guess the, the Grand Theft Auto saga is is over. As weird as it sounds, the trailer has been and gone. There have been leaks, there have been speculation, there have been rumours. We didn't even get a chance to sit down and talk about that weird TikTok or whatever it was that went viral that was supposedly made by the lead designer's son's oh, best his kid. friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how quick the past week has gone. 
Um, I don't know about you, but I'm just glad that we all made it through to the other side unscathed, that it looks as good as it does. And now the next mission, um, I think we're both going to struggle with this, but what part is to stay alive until the game comes out. That is the most difficult thing to do. Um, yeah, it is, like we said, it's probably 18 months off and to stay alive for that length of time, tricky. Very tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying alive in general, very difficult. But one of the things that, of course, helps people remain alive is entertainment. And what more entertainment could you ask for than the Super Show podcast? It's the podcast you're listening to right now. So I presume, I hope, you get some form of entertainment from it. Because if you don't, then you are a weird, sadistic little fuck. And somehow, I love you even more for it. Um <laughs> You can find us in all the places you're probably finding us already. We're on YouTube. This podcast is streamed out live on usually Monday, sometimes Tuesdays, depending on whether the biggest trailer in video game history has released recently or not. And if you want to join in the conversation at any point, you can do so in the comment section on YouTube, um, whether you're live or well after the fact. And of course, you can reach out on platforms like Twitter. The handle there is at SuperShowPod. And if you don't like seeing faces while you're listening to voices, then head over to your preferred podcasting platform. You can choose from the likes of Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Give this bad boy a listen. Rate it five stars if that's an option. And we thank you very much for your support. Much like Jonesy, we thank our ever-supporting and ever-lovely patrons. People, fine folk, that have seen fit to go over to patreon.com forward slash super show and pledge from as little as two dollars a month to help keep this show on the roads to help keep this train on the tracks to help all the analogies and all the metaphors and similes and i don't know the right word that we usually use all applicable this week as they are every week um there are some names on screen right now some fine folk that have gone over there and supported us but i would also like to give a personal shout out to aaron cameron athletic gravy brimstone I stopped Rock Salt, Yes, but Cam Dahl Nielsen, Pastors Guild. And then, of course, we have the members of the board, the big dogs, Brett Z, a.k.a. Shellshock, Geometry Potter, Hacksaw Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, and Peaswad. Thank you all so much for supporting us. That link was again, patreon.com forward slash super show. Uh, budgeteers, bunch of rewards, Patreon exclusive shit, and more importantly, you help keep Jonesy and I coming back here week after week, delivering you gaming goodness. Speaking of gaming goodness, Jonesy, what kind of gaming goodness have you had filling up your life in the past seven days? Um, do you know what? The main thing I have been doing over the last seven days was going back to something that I never finished uh, and that I really wanted to, which was Horizon Forbidden West. So I won't linger too long because um, it's been out a fair while. Um, but I was sort of thinking about doing some clearing up of old titles that I hadn't hadn't finished yet, and that was one that um, has been with me for a while that I really meant to. Um, I didn't stop playing it for any real good reason. I was, I wasn't very well when it came out. I had I got COVID right. like not long after and just couldn't oh, play. God, I, yeah, I'd forgotten that that was around that time. Yeah, and I I just couldn't play anything, so um, uh, put a fork in it for a long time and then got back to it. But no, um, and it's weird as well seeing uh, obviously the trailer for uh, Fallout the the tv series which is um, um going to be coming out it once again reminded me of that um, i think horizon is being optioned or adapted or whatever you call it into a tv show um yeah. which i cannot wait for like that's such a cool world with great characters and is is so much fun like it it was hard to get back into i'm not gonna lie like that that loop of like taking out the dinos shooting off their armor and all of that and uh, I I found it difficult to get back into without getting rinsed by a couple of um, particularly Absolutely. nasty robo dinos who 
just ate my face pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, There's cool. Some bad guys that mess around in that game. Yes, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, this. I, I think this game. This game. I remember not being too bad, being relatively straightforward. And then I tried to take on a robotic Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it destroyed me. So I thought, I'll come back here later and not do this right now. Um, I've also been playing some other stuff, but I can't unfortunately talk about it at the moment. And I even got to play with you, Jamie. We got to squad up and have a little go at a, uh, an alpha, um, but it's a closed alpha that we can't talk about because it's under NDA. So we can't talk about that. Um, and also I got to dabble in something else, which is um, in alpha as well, but we'll be talking about that another time. So um, yeah, that's me. You've had a... You had a a week that you are contractually obligated to not talk about in great detail and that makes me all the more excited for the podcasts still to come <laughs> not least of all because as you as you pointed out i joined you in one of your nda adventures uh that we can maybe shed a little bit more light on in i don't know let's say february yeah i don't know why i pronounced i don't know why i pronounced february like the way it's spelt but sometimes i like to throw a couple of extra r's in there just nice. to make sure people are listening february I think that's how I said it when I was young. Um, Jonesy, I've actually been joining you, though, in, in not just in our adventures in NDA land, but also in going back in time a little bit and rolling back the clock to play a game that actually it wouldn't be fair to say I had unfinished business with because I finished it all uh, back at the day. But finishing it all back in the day means very little now. And that's, of course, Cyberpunk 2077. I mentioned it a couple of times because I did dip my toe back into those waters immediately following the release of the 2.0 update um and uh but basically I, I i did what i think a lot of people have probably done with that game especially if they'd finished it prior to that update launching which is can i see anything immediately different about this game huh not in some of the ways i kind of thought or hoped i might do yeah and then putting it to one side so this has been take two of that a much more earnest from the top attempt to replay cyberpunk from you know the word go to see how noticeably different it is. Um, and I would say fairly. Uh, I, I, I have put about 20 hours or so into what is a, a brand new kind of save, um, if you will, uh, and a brand new character, like I said, starting from scratch. And it definitely feels more put together than it did when I played it last time. Like, it feels more reliable. It doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart <laughs> if I look away for a moment's notice. Um, and there are some things that the more time I invest into them, uh, especially when it comes to um, the skill trees um, and the way I'm kind of like building out my character that again the, m the more time I spend thinking about it and looking into it the more different it does feel there are some, ele some elements that like are definitely there and there were definitely you know fan favorites but one thing that is interesting about cyberpunk and it's not something that games like No Man's Sky are ever going to gonna fall foul of because of the degree to which they are these open-ended sandboxes are that, you know, if you develop a game beginning to end and release it, and the main quest or, you know, the, all the side quests, you know, only focus on certain mechanics, the mechanics that are in the game at launch, then all the other bits and pieces are just going to be accoutrement. And that is very much what they feel like. And so, yes, I've had texts and emails reminding me that now I can buy apartments, which is something I never did before. I can, you know, redecorate my current apartment, which is something I never did before. I could buy a vehicle with fixed, like, mounted guns attached to it. And if I didn't want to do that, I could use guns on my own vehicle. I could, I could drive around on a motorbike, wielding a samurai sword, slashing people as I go, and so on and so forth. But 
again, like the the you know the, the the fixing the police system and the implementation of a proper wanted level, and you know how the TAC Max team kind of come after you when you reach five stars. All that there's never any real integration of the police system in the game story or the moment to moment get. So like, unless you go out of your way to engage with that stuff, it's not going to affect most people's A to Z journey. Is that's what I'm kind of noticing so far, right? Um, but it, it but it's cool that all that stuff's there. It's cool, obviously, you know, uh, funny timing with this, because obviously today they released the ultimate edition of the game following the release of uh, Update 2.1, which also dropped today. We'll talk about that a bit more later on if we have time. Um, um, and, like, yeah, it's nice that it's all come together and it's like one solid unit that you can easily and comfortably recommend to anyone. Um, and the other big, obviously, elephant in the room is I have not yet reached the point where I have embarked on my Phantom Liberty journey, so... I will probably drop back into the podcast inside the next couple of weeks, hopefully, to chat about that. Um, I'm looking forward to it very much. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of in a position you're in, and I I I put a big pin in it until Phantom Liberty came out, um, uh, and then only start got back into Cyberpunk like uh, yeah, like last month, um, and now with 2.1, I'm kind of like okay, yeah, this is wicked. Like I'm 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 glad that I'm at a good point to sort of be back into this adventure and this journey and, and see how... But I, I had a, the same feeling that you had, actually, in a lot of ways, which was there's a lot of adaptation for the systems, but it doesn't feel like a different game. Um, yeah. But, when, but I do think there's there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, like housekeeping stuff which has been done, which, as you said, we'll get into, um, which is gratefully received, definitely. Yeah. Even like again, sorry, I don't mean to jump the gun, but even with you, if anyone is interested enough to go and read the full extent of the patch notes for two point one, there is always so much stuff being done under the hood to that game um, that um, it, it does feel like a make good story. I don't think it's going to go down in the annals of make good history in the same way that No Man's Skies and maybe like I don't know Rainbow Six Sieges of the world have done in the past, but it'll be in the conversation. Um, Definitely, but yeah. Jonesy. Let's be honest, when it comes to the games industry in the year of our Lord 2023, there are a number of different ways uh, to make a popular game. You could um, add to a long-running series and help it become, um, after years off the scene, the most anticipated title of all time. You could release a lackluster product that um, over-promises and under-delivers <laughs> and then patch it until it's much better and then people all of a sudden feel good about it. Or you could take the strategy... That Epic appear to be taking something that I think is actually right up your street. I don't. We haven't talked about this off off camera, so I don't know how much you know about it. Um, but they are taking the third route, which is to release an already incredibly popular free to play game, and then as soon as it starts to tail off in any noticeable way, or even if it doesn't tail off in any noticeable way, add more games into your game. Um, and that's exactly what is happening in Fortnite, as was made clear following the Big Bang event. Um, did, did did you kind of keep up to date with this stuff as it, not as it happened but sort of after the fact not not as it happened but yes after the fact I we've talked okay. about it before but Fortnite for me is getting into this weird place where whilst it feels like a game that like my kids friends play and my kids sometimes say my eldest sort of says he's only seven but he'll be like oh, I really want to play Fortnite and I'm like you're not playing Fortnite guns and shooting you're too young it's a game that I'll bet that he'll say, oh, my friends are playing it. It's a game that I feel like I need to play. And I have dipped back into it periodically in the past for some of these events. Um, not like the really big ones, but like the, the Kid Leroy ev uh, event where, you know, you had these the sort of uh, show yep. music showcase and you could run around. There was the uh, Travis Scott, was it? Um, 
event that they had where he sort of did the live stage thing. And obviously before they had uh, the, is it the Black Hole, I believe, which was the end of one of the seasons where they had sort of this big final thing. And with Big Bang, I think they've just taken this like to the next level as with the, uh, so you had like the Eminem reveal and, you know, you had this sort of like epic, um, like Eminem experience that it was all tied to. And then to have these new game modes drop, Fortnite, okay, it's super interesting because so Fortnite to me is becoming a game similar to one of the games I can't talk about in what it's trying yeah, to yeah, do I know what you mean. and in how it's attempting to be not just a game but a place to do a bit of everything and like, but let, it feels organic the, say, I was gonna say let's say the word can we can we say the word metaverse at this point can we set that word in there I, th I think that's that's think so? I think that's troublesome because of because of the metaverse which is obviously a separate thing I think it may be troublesome because there's too much crossover um mm -hmm. But no, I think you're right. Like, I, I think this is like there's this sense of like games that are becoming like a gaming metaverse, but they're then less, they're not metaverse in the sense that the online metaverse is they're attempting to force that to be created by interlinking, you know, like websites and experiences. But there are games which are doing it themselves. And I think, yeah, Fortnite is, is becoming the, um, the, the, the yardstick for how to do these massive crossover, um, experience, uh, you know things i don't want to call them like it, it just it works on so many levels and they're being so smart with it and the way they're integrating pop culture um gaming events and even with this like so now they've introduced um uh you know racing from the makers of um uh rocket league well Rock we'll get into the specifics and in it should we jump should i outline what's happening? yeah let's let's do it let's do it yeah yeah um so yeah so for anyone that was wondering you know as NDA games that Jonesy might have played and and, and of games like uh, Roblox, I guess, have maybe um, explored in previous way. Fortnite are now fully going down the sort of multi-genre game within, games within games road. Um, so for anyone that kind of was hadn't been paying too much attention, and I wouldn't blame you, um, the last season has been kind of a throwback season that has, of course, featured the OG map, um, as it's known, and uh, it was extremely successful, extremely popular. Um, in fact, it's so popular that the OG map will return at some point in 2024. They've already confirmed that much. Um, they wrapped it up with the Big Bang event, which was the first live event in almost a year, which, as Jonesy said, was kind of anchored by a an Eminem concert. I think he only performed two tracks. I think he just did Lose, Lose Yourself in and Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, uh, in, in and around this Eminem uh, concert, players were sort of taking on, on on a journey where they explored these new galaxies where each galaxy represented a new mode that is going to come to Fortnite in the next week i think they're coming out one after the other the first being lego Fortnite, which is supposed to be a a minecraft like survival mode of sorts there's rocket racing which jonesy mentioned from psionics the developers of rocket league and the final one is Fortnite festival which appears to be a kind of rhythm game developed by harmonics obviously um are of rock band fame going back um and fuser after that for the fuser fans out there shout out to sam richards if he's listening um uh, and so you know not a bad job uh, when it comes to epic kind of picking out the studios that they've acquired in recent years and saying hey this seems to be your area of expertise um psionics with cars and and harmonics with music um as for the quality of these modes beyond the little snippets of them we saw that were kind of pretty hands-off in the context of this event. We will find out in the coming days, um, 10 million people tuned into the event, millions more watching online because there were still capacity issues, something that I don't think is ever going to be particularly easy for any of these companies to wrap their heads around. Um, 
no one's ever over prepared when it comes to online <laughs> live events it turns out let's um, let's just spend yes. an extra million bucks to make sure we've got enough server space for like half the population of the planet like that doesn't happen exactly yeah for a, for a, for a, for a one off event that is over in like yeah 7 minutes or whatever <laughs> it was i don't know right but yeah, Jonesy, that, that kind of sets the stage a little bit, no pun intended, for the additional modes that are coming into Fortnite. I also will say that I've reinstalled Fortnite since the new season dropped. Nice. And just the um the like the the U the UX, let's say the UI and UX that you're greeted with um as you boot up the game are, are bizarre. It almost looks like YouTube now, where you know, you've kind of got epic creative things, which of course are like Battle Royale and Zero Build. Um and they also but they've got like um, all these user-created um, modes that are just surfaced there, and you can see how many people are playing them. There's like a trending tab. There's like an epic verified tab where things like the promo they're doing with the Game Awards at the moment, where Jeff Keighley's in, like all that kind of stuff is there. But it's weird seeing YouTube-style thumbnails, like explicitly YouTube-style thumbnails, being made to promote user-generated and user-created content within Fortnite, and obviously it's a plethora of creative modes. Uh, we've talked before about the future uh, of Fortnite with regards to uh, allowing people to continue to leverage those very advanced and very uh, decent um, creator creation tools. Um, and now I think for me, they've got like the missing piece of the puzzle that something like Roblox doesn't have, which is not only is it all anchored by what is still a very strong fundamental battle royale game, but also going out and getting like legitimate developers with legitimate expertise, not seven-year-olds who are basically doing slave labor and not knowing it, to make the modes that are going to end up adding, in the case of something like Lego Fortnite, potentially a big population already to this game. And then when you add in the, well, you mentioned the pop culture references, the fact like that, you know, from, well, right on my street this season, Family Guy and Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> these things are still happening. They're still being honored. Lego have confirmed they've done, I think it's like, was it 1,200 or 1,400 different outfits they've Legoified, ready to go from for day one of that mode? Like, it's a pretty remarkable, you know, push into that sector uh, for Epic and for Fortnite. I think for me as well, like, it, so when they released their um, uh, build mode where you could, or so people could go and use assets and make their own stuff, um, I sort of dabbled with that a bit and I played some of their early, um, the early modes before like many people, users had created their own things. And I was, I was, I thought it was a bit of a letdown just because the, what they had made themselves and put out there was, there were sort of like mini showcases and I get why they were doing it, but it, it felt a little bit dreams. Um, like okay, in, yeah. they, they weren't that full experiences. They were, they were definitely without, not without bugs. Um, but for me to go with someone like Lego and then to go with someone like Psionics to make a racing mode still very much in the world of Fortnite, I think is inspired like that is what you need to do that is why i think they are probably one of the most exciting um developers like in this space of like crossover games it does get weird though because one of the things i don't want it to do and i know this is what it is at the moment i i think fortnite is at its best crossing over when it is in world and you have that sense of being with your other fortnite players in world experiencing these events which you know you like the big event itself the big bang yeah when you're going to those um concerts when you get to the thing of having like it basically becomes roblox where you have the thumbnails like a youtube style thumbnail menu and you can pick between different games me for me it kind of then gets a little different and i do prefer when it's i, I really want them to push further further forward in this in-game kind of like 
as, right. as, as nobody's, we've talked about um, other people are doing it right ubisoft are doing it with assassin's creed um mm-hmm. uh infinity, yeah infinity um uh, like there's a there's a bunch of other people that are trying to like toy with this almost like creating hubs that you can play you you is the social hub and then you go off and you play games around that and i just hope that they keep pushing that front of it because i don't want it to turn into roblox that is a that's a unlovable lackluster like you know it's just a screen of thumbnails with shitty ratings and crap games and yeah. a bunch of seven-year-olds playing a game that's awful but it's got 90 percent because they think it's funny like i don't want that i don't want it to become that i want it to go the other way i want ready player one let's keep it real that's oh, yeah. what i want that's what i you're, want you're non-vr ready player one yeah that's, that's it, it. it was a bit of an assault on the senses seeing those youtube star thumbnails so are you envisioning a world where that front end rather than a series of menus and tiles becomes let's say a portion of the map or maybe not like an, an entirely new and bespoke area that players load into they've got all their skins because of course you know how you identified fortnite is you know a world of possibility now given how many crossovers they've done how many skins they've given out and people have bought over the years you've got your emotes you kind of meet up with your friends in that physical physical virtual space and then you walk over to say like a portal and you all get sucked into Fortnite festival where you know the weekend is on stage and you're all playing a different instrument in a rhythm game or something like that that is exactly what i want okay. exactly however i will so i'm not suggesting that the menu that we, you've talked about doesn't exist but for me it should be a secondary thing that you can pull up when you're in that hub because for for me like getting in the hub and then shortcutting it by going into a menu that's fine. You know, you don't, you can't be bothered to walk over there. I totally get that. I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't want to make people walk, you know, a real two minutes in game to get to a, an event. Like I get that. They can have a choice. But, but the choice, for me, it's the choice. And when it, when you take away the choice, th- this is the thing we talk, this is like Starfield all over again. Starfield didn't feel as good as it could have felt because they took away the choice. In some respects, some of that game took away the choice because you couldn't literally sit in your ship and go from one planet to another, although some people said they did. You know, you couldn't literally walk around a whole planet. It's not that you couldn't, it's that, oh, sorry, it's, it's not that you would, it's just that you couldn't. And I think choice is a big thing in games. I want it to, if they're going to create these worlds that work in that way, yeah, man, give me the choice. Let me walk across the world and dance and and dab in front of people before going into a, an Eminem concert and reskin myself in a real little 3D shop with little other people running around and getting their skins. I think I like that. I think it's all part of the all part of it. Especially when it's social these days. You can hop on and just like run up to people and, you know, chat. It's yeah. Cool. yeah. I like it. Again, I, I when I was um when I, I, I obviously wasn't didn't take part in the big I say obviously, I didn't take part in the Big Bang event myself, but I did watch the streamer taking part in it, obviously as they were trying to kill time prior to the event starting. They just went through the pages and pages of uh, emotes that they'd accumulated over the years of playing Fortnite. And I know emotes aren't the most efficient means of self-expression that they are out there, especially not if you're probably partying up with these people or in a Discord server and so you're just talking anyway. But yeah, I, I, I do like the idea. Um, and it makes me also, and I, this is probably also part of the plan, you know, for any psychologists listening out there, it also makes me more feel more comfortable the, about the idea of spending money in a, you know, it, like... In a virtual world such as that, like that, that if I feel like it is more ongoing, if I feel like the core of what I'm investing into is stable, and not going to go away. Not like you know, I put a lot of money into Call of Duty Modern Warfare for um, accessories and skins and and blueprints that I used in Warzone, and obviously they all they all went away, and now I'm playing 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and I guess still kind of Warzone 2. I don't really know what they're, they're not really calling it 2.0 anymore. It's just Warzone again. Um, but I, I've got a whole new set of like skins to recollect. I don't have my Rambo skin or my Judge right. Red skin or anything like that, you know. Now I've got like Spawn and 21 Savage. It's uh, it's a very weird... And so like the idea of Fortnite having this consistency where something's there and has been there for years and that there are so many different tangents that it can go off and this is just the first three we're hearing about and like a lego survival game that could be great yeah that like, sounds wicked it looks great as well like the, the stuff yeah. they've shown off but even the racing like it, to, if you said to me we've got a racing game built by the people who made rocket league i'm like yes yeah and, and it's, fortnite it's free, to, it's free to play you want to give it a go and and they and you say here's the here's the catch it, it, it exists in fortnite but it fit. It also it fits like Lego fits in the Fortnite like aesthetic. Rocket League fits in the aesthetic. I think something like Modern Warfare. Like if you said to me, "There's a Lego version of Modern Warfare in Modern Warfare," I'd be like, "That sounds weird." Or if you said, "Oh, they've implemented racing and it's going to be made by the people who did Rocket League," you're like, "Well, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't fit." But you know, I think it's got to fit. Um, and these these are these are smart matches. I think they they're clever things to do but the Fortnite for me like the reason i say i feel like i should get into it is because i can see a time in the future where you you just meet up in Fortnite in a lobby to just hang out with your mates and chat and you don't have yeah. to dance you don't have to emote you just get on chat yeah. and you like you can even let's say you watch uh you sit down on a sofa in Fortnite, and the, like this is getting back to like the actual metaverse that we're talking about that they're trying to push at the moment like in vr like I can actually see it happening in Fortnite outside of VR, where you just meet up in your house, in your flat, in Fortnite, and watch I, stuff. I can't remember which film it was, but I think it was perhaps um, in promotion of Tenet. But didn't Christopher Nolan like play it like the first director the trailer to play a film? I know. I think it was a full film. Was it the film? Couldn't you, film? Go, couldn't you go into? I don't think it was. Te it was in promotion of Tenet, but it was a different Christopher Nolan film. Right. I think you could, could go into Fortnite and watch all of Inception or something like that. And so again, I forgot Fortnite about that. I remember game. watching a trailer, and I think it was the Tenet trailer. I think what I think I watched that in Fortnite because they said we're doing this this trailer release in Fortnite, and it was like oh, okay. And actually getting in there and running in with everyone else and running up to where the big screen yeah, was, I, was was fun. Fortnite is running a new experiment in their combat-free party royale mode where they're airing full movies now in its right. big screen section of the map. To bend you on your region, you get one of three Christopher Nolan movies airing a bunch of different times today. It was either Batman Begins, uh, Inception, or The Prestige. Inception being the one that North America got. And yeah, it was just that. There was a part of the map that had a big screen on it and the film was playing. And so I think that, not, again, not the ideal movie watching um, uh, uh, maybe, like, means, um, but like, I don't think it I'd want to watch a movie in there. Like, that's, I think, because then you get to the point of like, halfway through the film, what, why aren't you just watching the film? Or is it full screen on your telly? Like, that gets, but I it, definitely, it should, it should have a button that lets you go, like, zoom, it makes it come full screen and sort of something like that. I don't know. That, that, I could totally, yes. No, that, if it goes full screen, then yeah, that's, that's fine. If there's something you can't watch in another way, like if there's a first showing or there's a watch along of like when something goes live, like so Netflix teamed up with Fortnite and you could watch the first, you could watch it first in Fortnite. Like I would, that's something like that would totally make sense to me. Um, mm. And you could go full screen on it and you can meet up with friends and you can have them on a headset and chat and stuff if you wanted. Although, you know, get annoyed if some people chatting away where you're trying to watch. But, um, Actually, yeah, oh, God. You have all the, all the all the memes that come out. The person with the air conditioning on, the person with a baby in the background, 
a person who doesn't know they're un- unmuted and so is just talking really like um <laughs> yeah yeah all of those characters would you out. wouldn't want open mics of every what random that was sat around you that'd be awful you most certainly would not um one last thing before we move away from a fortnight, Jonesy, um, and I know uh, you might have to be careful with this question. I apologize if I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but I talk about kind of the safety potentially in investing in a, a, a service or a platform like Fortnite because, you know, the more moves like this it makes, the longer in theory it seems like it's here to stay. One thing that will have a say on how long platforms and games like Fortnite and Roblox continue to last is, of course, competition um, because they can only be i was gonna say there can only be so many cooks in the kitchen that's not actually the expression um um but you but you know what i'm getting at um competitors will arrive and other people who are trying to do similar things in this space admittedly with different um objectives and by taking different approaches will come and maybe eat the uh the lunches of the games that we are playing at the moment um like to what extent do you think that's going to be a concern and how hard is it going to be to usurp the likes of Fortnite now and Roblox with how established their player bases already are internationally. I think the tricky thing for new players, um, as in new companies who are trying to do this, they're trying to build it from into their games at launch, which I think is always going to be harder because you you haven't been tested. I think there's something like um, a game like Fortnite or, um, or as a platform, if you would even call it a platform, as like Fortnite or even something like Roblox, is it's tried and tested and has changed, <clears throat> excuse me, um, often in response to uh, comments, criticism from users. And I think the hardest thing people are going to have coming out, like I, I absolutely think the game will come out that will be the, it will take off in a massive way. You know, in the same way that um, PUBG went epic and we were all talking about PUBG and it was the Battle Royale game to play and everyone was playing it and suddenly it was, and nearly over, it felt like nearly overnight it was old news and we'd moved on. Yeah. Um, I think it will be a while before someone comes along to challenge um, those platforms where they're at the moment, but I don't think it, I don't think it'll be too long. Let's say within the next five years, I wouldn't be surprised at all if something came out which had already solved a lot of their problems and did it in a better way because it wasn't relying on old code or you know having to not change too much because that's the other thing well whilst Fortnite can do it organically the problem they have is if they change too much then they stand to lose some of their install base because people are going to complain that it's too different whereas a new game obviously doesn't have that that problem um i've been saying it for years like surely the future is a more immersive all-encompassing game world where we feel like we don't have to leave it to do anything yeah you know, on an entertainment front and i think it's almost like so like elon musk has talked about with x like he wants x to be the website for everything he doesn't want you to leave x to go and do anything he wants it all available there i think that's that's what a lot of game developers want now and producers they want you never have to leave the game environment. You want a racing game, you can race. You want a combat game, you can uh, do first-person shooters. You want a platformer, we've got it. They, they want to hit yeah. everything. And I suppose the thing that makes Epic's strategy to achieve what's achieved in that objective interesting is, and I know there have been issues and there have been layoffs and and I know like maybe the less said about the Mediatonic situation, the better, but Epic's willingness to acquire the studios capable of making the experiences they want that are going to keep players in also like you said puts them in an interesting position because all of a sudden 
psionics and harmonics and maybe mediatonic in the future are like recognizable names and do have pedigree and are more likely to get people to kind of at least you know get a foot in the door and trying those experiences um and creating that one-stop shop it's never video games in my opinion never gonna um work like that across the board um there's just too much diversity in in studios and genres and experiences and stuff like that but um i i think striving towards a like a world where the majority of gamers have a game like that at least installed all year round yeah. i don't think that's unachievable you know um no I, I most of us are very close to that with at least one beloved franchise in, you know, in each of our lives already no i think you've nailed it like i think it's it's going to be it'll be a case of you'll have this one game that is where you go to kind of like mop up anything you need as a casual you know you want to yeah. play uh umpteen different types of games there will be some genres it just does not work for. There will be some specific franchises that it just wouldn't, you know, you have to leave to go and play. But I almost think like it, almost to the point where it could, let's say like you boot up your PlayStation 5 and it automatically loads you into a lobby of a game. Um, right, right. And it becomes your home, like your home on your system. Um, because that's, and then to leave, and then you leave it to go and play something else that's not on there. I almost think we could get to that point in the, um, you know, in a certain amount of time, and because that's so that's what uh, I don't. It's been a while since I've delved into it, but that's like what HTC with Vive were doing. Like when you booted it up, you went into yeah. like your house and you had a place where you then. But VR, because VR, they don't menus are rubbish in VR because they're it takes away everything that's good about VR, like the fact that you're th in three dimensions and you can move around. So if it, it totally makes sense in VR. I think two D is is struggling to get there as quickly because it makes sense to have a two D menu. Well, but it also is a bit more. I don't know. It's it's feels it's feeling dated to me. Like two D menus do feel a bit dated. It's all just a bit too two dimensional when you say it. It is a bit too two dimensional. Agreed. Yeah, I I think that there are some interesting lessons to certainly to be learned from VR um, and the degree of kind of like um, the the degree to which VR has been able to put people in 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 place or in environments or in situ more so than traditional game experiences. I also just want to point out that you saying the word home or like referencing a home just reminded me of PlayStation Home. And how I am not going to go yes. so far as to say that PlayStation Home was ahead of its time, but it is interesting to consider what PlayStation Home was and what they wanted it to be, and how many elements of that people are still trying to um, draw from today. You know, many, many years, probably at least 10 years after PlayStation Home closed, you know. Um, how I think, weird. I think it was ahead of its time. I, I think you're right. It's, yeah. But then, I, I but then at the same time, I appreciate it when people say, I don't want that. They like I want I want a text based menu that lets me say, like I can just look. I don't want anyone to try and force me into a walking simulator that ever lobby yeah. to go and pick. Like I'm I'm totally on board with that as well. But that just means we need more intuitive, interactive menu designs. It doesn't mean we need to keep everything the same. And and I think be as subtle as we can in some of the more like obtuse or some of the the rougher edges of the way these things work. Like, we are still in a day and age where I could go into Twitter after this uh, podcast is wrapped up and put a tweet out saying, OMG, just downloaded a 56 gigabyte patch. I can remember games were just a cartridge and you put it in. <laughs> and I'd get, like, probably 5,000 likes. I, I tell, Do you know what? The, uh, you, it's funny, actually. You just asked the question a minute ago about, do I think any games are going to come out which are going to, like, uh, you know, do this better than Epic or, or Roblox if we put that into the same category? I, I think GTA Online, when GTA 6 drops, is a, I mean, is a stone-cold candidate to have 
everyone in like Vice City having their own apartments and and infinite number of things you can go and hang out with your mates and and events and all sorts. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Yeah. We, 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 as stupid as it was, we did that already. Like, the amount of times I'd been playing with, like, regular people. And again, we're not weirdos. These were normal people, and I'm a relatively normal person as well. <laughs> but you, we all had together in one person's apartment before a heist. And, like, just the tiny amount of things that they put in those apartments that are interactable, like a bottle you can drink from or a bong that you can hit. And we all just <laughs> sit there doing it. And, like, one person would be walking around in circles emoting, like, when you can do the fuck train. Um, someone would be getting high. Um, and the other person will be organizing the heist. I, I, I totally, between that and the fact that I think Rockstar at one point bought or invested in one of the companies that is big on the role-playing scene, which has, of course, been astronomically successful in the last couple of years as far as GTA 5 or GTA Online is concerned. It's going to be very interesting to see what the multiplayer components of that video game look like. Um, was it, especially games like GTA 6, you could, if you imagine all the sim games that have become so popular since GTA 5 dropped, like, it, mm -hmm. you know, you could have every type of sim game inside GTA 6. You could have, like, train simulator, bus simulator, truck driving simulator, oh, see, car wash simulator. You could have, like, ho a moving home simulator. You you could put them all into a game like GTA 6, and people that would, would play yeah. it. It would be a great tactic if you wanted GTA 6 to become the biggest game in German history. <laughs> and as long as you had it so that the, the people who wanted to do, like, you know, shoot them up and, and whatever, as long as they couldn't mess too much with your sim game, as in it was it was an ass, it was something you could witness, but you couldn't be uh, part of. Because it would be, imagine you were like playing a game where you were moving, you were a, a home, um, moving simulator and you would load boxes into a van and then drive the van to a new house and unload them into a new place. You could have that as part of GTA 6, but it wouldn't work if someone could jack your van and <laughs> drag you out of it no, exactly. and steal it. Like that would suck. So you'd have to almost have it. But, you, but yeah, like that, that sort of thing. GTA Online did flirt with that, right? With vehicles and the idea that there were vehicles and modded vehicles or, that cost, you know, millions of dollars cumulatively. At a point where, because of shark cards, millions of dollars in GTA Online in world did have a real world value of sorts. And like, you know, every time someone blew them up, you would get money from like your insurance company. And yes. like, it was it was a very weird. It was a, it was a fair system in the end, and a car's a car at the end of the day. But it's a you're right. It's a weird slippery slope when there is a direct you know transactional value between real world money and in this virtual currency. If you're then spending it on goods that can be stolen or damaged or <laughs> maybe a road not worth going down um but a very good point i think about gta um the future of gta's online components whatever they're called and whatever they look like and whenever they arrive um because lord knows jonesy uh, making multiplayer components to massive sprawling single player games can be incredibly hard and sometimes it's just so damn hard that you give up and don't make it at all right cd project red yeah that was a bit of a low blow, but how many of you guys actually remembered that CD, CD Projekt Red announced a multiplayer component for Cyberpunk at some point, and then realised that the single player component was so on fire they couldn't even they they couldn't commit to it? I don't remember the multiplayer element at all. Yeah, they, it was it was a thing. I don't, they never really elaborated on what it was going to be. I wonder what comes up if you just type in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven multiplayer. Probably an article about it dying. Um, <laughs> Is it dead? Yeah. Did it die? Yes, it's dead. It's never coming back. And screen ran. Why Cyberpunk 2077, 2077 multiplayer was cancelled. 
Um, I'll be honest though, Jonesy, not something I'm necessarily going to miss. Not a game that needs it. Um, a game that over the last year, over the last couple of years, had already been updated a bunch and already been given a bunch more content. And just when CDPR had the gall to say that they were done adding additional content uh, to the game, they went behind our backs and have slipped in what I think is now safe to presume is going to be one last update and a few extra bits of content um, to the title in the form of update 2.1, which launches today at the time of recording with its the 5th of December. Um, and is of course part and parcel with the ultimate edition that is available physically on store shelves although I believe if you buy the PlayStation version it just gives you a code to, to download Phantom Liberty because of the weird way that PlayStation handles DLC um, Should we chat about some of the headlines yeah. to this update, Jonesy? Yeah, the, the, the update that was never going to happen The update that was never going to happen and has now happened um, Desired by fans since it was first in that E3 2018 trailer, of course, is a fully functional metro system. Um, you know how we were talking earlier, Jonesy, about uh, updates and inclusions and additions that people really think they want, and then once it's included in the game, go, huh, that's cool, I'm never going to use that. <laughs> yep. Ladies and gentlemen, the metro system. I, um, I know, okay, I reject and push back on your suggestion that people aren't going to use that, because, <laughs> okay. because... Because they've, it is, it's a metro system that also has some very nice scenic views of the city and you can actually enjoy. Like, Because you don't need, obviously with the fast travel system, you don't need the metro system. But I think with the metro system, the way they've implemented it, I think is a way to appreciate some of the aesthetics of that, of, of um, Night City as well. So I do think it's got, it works on multiple levels. So I don't think it's, I don't uh, think you can just write it off quite as easily as you, as you've said there. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess it is, you know, it, especially when you consider that some of the updates they made, visually speaking, if you're playing on PC with a 40 series graphics card with all those path tracing goodness, I'm sure riding the Metro feels great. And it's worth noting that, you know, it's five lines spanning 19 stations. It looks like they've put, I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like they've put some work into getting this all together. And so fair play to them on that. It was a thing that no one would ban eyelid if this never arrived. Um, but likewise, that's all you can look forward to in 2.1 because you're also going to get a personal radio called the Radio Port, which allows you to continue listening to tunes when you're outside your vehicle, uh, as well as a bunch of new vehicles. There are going to be five new motorcycles, plus Johnny Silver has original Porsche 911. Oh man, I want or, that so badly. Or 911. Do you, can you say Porsche? Porsche, How nine, you say Porsche 911. Okay, I wondered if 911 had made saying 911 less um, okay. Although Joe's funny because I would say Porsche 911, but then I would the the Porsche 912. I would say 912, not 912. Is that maybe it's yeah. what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, yeah. The Porsche or Al Qaeda? That is the real question. Um, <laughs> those five new motorcycles are going to be accompanied by expanded motorcycle mechanics. You can shift your weight, which means you can now do wheelies and tricks in the air. There are replayable car races. There are a bunch of revamped uh, revamped accessibility options. Romantic partner hangouts. So if you wanted to invite Pan Am or Judy or anyone like that over to your house afterwards and spend more time with them, you actually can. There are bespoke scenes for that now. Improved boss fights. There was particular attention paid to Adam Smasher, so they're going to be a bit more of a challenge and a bit more uh, varied in terms of how they play out. And then when you get... But even beyond that and start looking through the patch notes themselves, interesting references to things like gangs becoming more aggressive with V based on choices you make in quests and gigs. Um, references to kind of like collect and deliver missions potentially devolving into car chases and combat encounters 
a much more thing, much more opportunities to kind of interact with um, parts of the environment, like going into bars, sitting down at the stall, interacting with vendors. Now, um, there's there's a lot in there. Even some like potentially weirdly fundamental stuff that they described in like when it, like all sudden audio changes and changes to certain movement controls and like how quickly V kind of start sprinting and whether or not there's a cooldown between V whether like v, how soon V can start sprinting after shooting. Just a lot of things to try and make the game feel, I guess, as good as possible. But I, I think all um, of these things go, they all go, and, and the, the Metro system is the same. It all goes to the RPG element of Cyberpunk, which was the problem. They, it was an it was supposed to be an RPG and it didn't feel like it at launch because it was lacking so many, like, well, it had a lot, but it was lacking so many RPG style elements that we really wanted. And when you put all these things back in, um, I think you get a di the game, and I think you you made the point like you don't change the fundamentals of the game, but you change how the game feels when you play it. Yes, and that's and that that that, that matters. That's important. Um, even if it's like less noticeable than I think some people want it to be, even if that's the part of the battle that makes less of an immediate you know jump off the page impression, that's the part that sticks with people over a long time and smooths out that experience over 30, 40, 50 hours to just make everything as, as nice and cohesive and, as I said, smooth as it possibly can be. Um, and and it just means that there's a really nice, as I pointed out earlier, really nice kind of like sort of like end of an era almost feeling to them putting a bow on it, putting one last big patch out, putting out the ultimate edition. There are no big major patches to come. There's no more expansions to come. Everyone's moving on to the next Witcher game or the next Cyberpunk game. Like, now that we can actually put the Cyberpunk conversation to bed once and for all, and know it's not going to be a No Man's Sky thing where we're talking about it for seven years, how do you, like, what conclusions do you draw now that we, yeah, like I said, we can put the saga to bed? Uh, so, okay, I, I'm going to be a little bit, it's not controversial, but I'm going to say it's not being put to bed until we get Cyberpunk 27, or well, I don't know what they're going to call it, mm. but Cyberpunk 2. Okay. Because I you think, think there might be more in, in like the more surprises. Let's say I, I just I think the I think the problem they have it, and this is this is a blob is assumption. A lot of the problems that they had in development meant that they had to finish the game in a certain way because they had a bunch of stuff that was lacking, which they now could go back and put in. But as you said, they can't then fundamentally change the game because they've already made the game. But now that they've got all those systems, they've gone through all those issues, they've they've fixed a whole bunch of those problems, they've learned so much, you have to assume that Cyberpunk, the sequel to Cyberpunk 2077, they'll go in having fixed all of those major issues and know what they're going to do. And then they can build a game from scratch, which is going to be which is all going to take all of that into account day one, whereas it fit because the get it does feel like when you played it like the first time I sort of like played the first fifteen hours or whatever that I played at the beginning, you could walk into say like the metro, you'd walk up to the metro and you just couldn't go into it because yeah. it was it was obviously supposed to be in the game, but you couldn't access it. And so then that made you feel weird and you were in the, your apartment and you had like, sp I think if I want to say that there's like racks on the walls for like weapons and things and, and uh, wardrobes for clothes, but none of it was interactable. Yeah. It was almost like a fixed image of something. Like it, those things are both interactable now. Now the wardrobe is like fully interactable and you can create certain outfits that create, that allow you to override your uh, visual look with any other things that are going on. So you can always look the way you want to and any iconic weapons you have in your stash are now placed in all of the weapon holders around that room in your apartment. So and and stuff like that which was just was like 
this just doesn't feel very good. They've now fixed a whole bunch of that stuff, and you've got to imagine that when they have a sequel, that stuff's already not sort. I'm not saying it's easy. I know I made a mistake of often saying like game development's easy, <laughs> but they've, they've you hope that a lot of that stuff is kind of sorted so they can spend more time on getting the game to be the best version of the game that it can be, um, without having yeah. you know to, to have to go back and bug fix all load of this stuff on the back end. So no, so I don't necessarily think it's over yet. However, I will say like I yeah I think that the game is now. If it had released how it is now, I think it deserves the reviews. It deserves the high praise that it was getting. You know that it was it that people were giving it at the time. I, I think it's they've done a phenomenal job, and I think they do yeah. deserve um, a pat on the back for a sort of sorting stuff out. I, I don't get me wrong; that doesn't take away from the fact that they also deserve a kick in the shins for the fact that they didn't. They uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's not fair to say they weren't honest, but the way that that whole thing went down. There was dishonesty in the mix. I think I, I do think you can say that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we nearly yeah, you, you can kick someone and pat someone at the same time. Yeah. Um, However, I want my brain dances. They need to, the, how they haven't in, put in just some fun little brain dances of like, I was, you know, I was imagining that they would say put in like a, a Sherlock Holmes style brain dance where yeah, you had to. Just be watching it. No, no. What you inter with the brain dances? You interact like you can you can go through and watch it again only, and change only, it. Only when you're watching something to try and glean something else from the environment in which it was filmed. So I so my imagining was something like a Sherlock Holmes esque cyberpunk mystery where it was like a murder happened and you've got to figure out how it happened and who did it, but purely for entertainment, not part of the game. I was going to say because like the entire Evelyn Parker, I, I've, is that re quite recently? Yeah, the, that entire arm of or leg of that of the story is yeah brain dance so i did that and i thought this is going to be wicked when you get to do this for fun as well and then it never happened this is going to be wicked when i find out which sex dungeon this person <laughs> was drugged and taken to so they could make snuff films with but yeah no i, I was expecting a lot more of that and i was i thought that was going to be a because you could even get like a brain dance uh headset like you could they you get given one and they were blatantly yeah. put it into the game and someone was going to make a whole bunch of these um, that you could interact with. And I thought it would have been fun. Eh, I'm not going to go so far as to say that they were blatantly going to do that. Oh, I mean, the, I mean I, 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 I'll give, grant you it was probably discussed at some point. Whether or not they started making them, who can say? Um, uh, but but yes, um, I, it's not something that's high up on my list, but it's something I can see why you'd want. And... Um, I, I, the other, the only other thing I can think to add to all of that, having agreed with pretty much everything you said, is that um, it's striking me now, playing through the first twenty or so hours of that game, that by to unmuddying the waters and by fixing up as much as they fixed up and making their experiences as smooth as it is, it allows the the writing that was always very solid and at times very very good um, to sing a lot more. Mm. It kind of stands at its own two feet, and there's less sort of You've got less hang-ups, you know. There, there, are, there are fewer things kind of lurking in the back of your mind about whether or not NPCs are, or quest givers are going to break, and whether or not lines of dialogue will come out on time, and all these. Like when a game is that buggy, you do worry about it moment to moment sometimes about whether or not things are falling apart at the seams. Um, and now it isn't. You can kind of just focus on that. And there are some really strong moments to that sort to that story, and some phenomenally strong uh, side quests so that I'm. I have either done again or I'm really looking forward to doing again. Um, yeah, the, I, those bits stand out for me as well. Like, how the I'm like to this day, I'm like they some incredible side quest writing. And you're right, it's such a shame that a lot of that game was let down by 
um, yeah. you know, some areas, some aspects. I have to ask Jonesy the unpopular question, and it might be a tricky one to answer because it relies as much on me and, and you as and Chris as it does on anyone else. Um, but what happens first? I complete Cyberpunk for a second time, or either one of you to complete it once? I would be surprised if I haven't finished it by the end of the year. Okay. Because I'd be surprised if I hadn't finished it. Actually, I was about to say by the end of the month, but those are the same thing. Yeah. Like I've so when I start, I started it again. I I did about eight nine hours, um, and I and I've bought Phantom Liberty, um, yeah. and so and now with the update and everything, like I'm although it makes it a little bit more tricky because I started playing uh, Horizon again, right. but um, yeah, because that yeah. that's because Cyberpunk I've got on my PC and Horizon I've got on my PS5, so that's the only thing, the only reason I'm, I'm sort of playing two and two different systems enough, at the that's moment. Nice. Um, yeah, I would I would be surprised. I'm going to say I'd be surprised if I didn't finish it by the end of the year. And I'm going to be <laughs> in chat, 69DJ saying Jamie a second time. Probably right. Probably, <laughs> probably nailed it. Which was the irony because, of course, when, when it came out, Chris, I think, played it first. I played it second. You hadn't played it for ages. I waited a full year, yeah. Yeah, and then I stopped playing it because of how I had loads of problems with bugs. Like, Chris says that when he played it, he didn't have that many bugs. I had, lo- I, oh my goodness, I had a buggy a very very buggy time with it and it was detracting yeah. from my enjoyment so much so because i was enjoying the side quest stuff so much that when i had the bugs it was really ruining my and sapping my enjoyment so i stopped playing it to wait for them to fix it <laughs> and i think and then i was going to i don't know if you remember i was going to start playing again and i and i think that's when you said about 2.0 was coming out i think they just announced 2.0 and you were like dude you need to wait for 2.0 before you start playing it again Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I had, I had a thing with like whatever the last big update before two point was one point eight or one point six. I had that where I finished it, and then like a week later, a big update came, um, and it was a bummer. So yeah, couldn't want you to fall foul of the same thing. Worth noting as well, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven still not bug free. Like there are of course things th- things still happen. Like NPCs still go and like just freak out, and like things still go wrong. Um, you know. That's, but that's to be expected in an RPG. That's, that's, right? Yeah, that's, that's when you make a massive video game, things go, these things happen. Um, I so. had some doozies of bugs in Starfield that were like weird, oh, yeah. but I got through. But they, you know, I got through them. I managed to finish it. So I'm, you know, yeah. RPGs and RPGs are difficult. Right. Oh, ask ask certain people who may or may not have the Master Chief as their profile picture on X, and they'll tell you that Spider Man Two was the buggiest game of the year. So <laughs> there's no pleasing some people. James. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, right. Um, we're at the business end of this bad boy. I wondered though, Jonesy, um, and I'm, I didn't uh, discuss this with you beforehand, but I'm doing it purely for my entertainment uh, because it's the kind of thing that gets um, my rocks up. Um, it's Jeff Keeley's. Jeff Keeley's. Um, I'm going to see if I had to say this. Jeff Keeley's copyright the the Game Awards trademark this Thursday evening. Uh, we've gone over the nominations of potential winners in the past, but of course, the other thing that is a, that you know notable about the Game Awards year on year is announcements. Last year, we had things like uh, Hades Two, we had uh, Judas, we had Death Stranding Two. I wondered if I could use you to get me excited by rolling through some predictions that um, a couple of other uh, outlets have made and gauging how hot or cold you uh, you are on whether or not you think they're going to happen. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I'm like, I've got no idea. I, I, feel, I hate these things. Whenever they roll around, it's like predictions. Or like, I don't know. I've got no yeah, idea. No, uh, no, this is the better version of it where I say something <laughs> you just have to guess. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, one of the most critically acclaimed games of the year. 
obviously notably not on Xbox yet. Do we get our first look look at Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox or a release date? Or, crazier still, some kind of Game Pass bullshit? No. Nope. Okay. No, no, no. A big one, um, but probably maybe too big for the Game Awards. Uh, some kind of God of War Ragnarok DLC or spin-off or expansion. Again, I don't think any, I don't think so. And it's been a year. Where's Atreus? What's he doing? I don't think we do. I really don't. Okay. I'm Same kind question. of in a weird. I'm kind of in a weird place with with Ragnarok. Like I, I don't know. It's a longer. Yeah, actually, I, re I re no. I remember from near nearer the time that actually you weren't that enthused about the prospect of what if there is going to be DLC or if there is going to be like a Miles Morales style, you know, inter like an intervening game. Yeah. The the story that thread that most people think is going to pick up on was not one that you were that enthused about, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh, blimey. It's going back a while. I don't... Yeah, no. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, it would have... It, yeah, it, it would have been... Let's say it would have been the biggest... For one particular reason, it would have been the biggest departure of the God of War franchise thus far. By, yeah, for... I, th I think it, it will happen at some point. Will it happen, um, like at the Game Awards? I don't think so. Like, it's been a okay. it's been a year. Will there, maybe it's there'll be a, a maybe there'll be some sort of announcement voiceover thing where you don't really see anything. Maybe that's what it ha yeah. Okay, possibly. Let's put a possible on that one. I mean, something that's definitely happening, and it feels like it's been a year since we knew it was real. Um, let, that's an exaggeration. It's probably not quite a year, but and it's from a studio that do, of course, have previous with Keeley. Um, I'm talking about From Software and their um, MIA Elden Ring DLC. That was a lot of letters. Yes. Yes, I love it. We'll see, yeah, we'll um, see something from Elden, for Elden Ring. That'll be huge. Equally huge for weirdos like me and you um, would be the return of uh, Hideo Kojima. He was obviously there last year with uh, the reveal of DS2. Do we see more Kojima and do we see a Death Stranding 2 again in some shape or form? I'm going to go even. I'm going to go further and say there is little to no chance that we will not see Hideo Kojima. I think we will see plenty Ooh. Hideo Kojima at the Game Awards. Yep, I love that. Um, let's do some this Xbox One for now. Obviously, uh, it was a while back. Um, I think was it in 2021 at the Game Awards we got a look at. Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. Mm. And that was actually accompanied by our very first look, the global reveal of the design for the Xbox Series X. So this, follow-up double whammy, is it time for Hellblade 2 to come back? And do we get a look at the um, rumoured Xbox Series X refresh that is like cylindrical that was in those weird core documents? In the leaks. Uh, I Yes, we'll see Hellblade 2. No we won't see anything yet about Xbox because they're still annoyed that that stuff all got leaked. And so they're going to keep it, they're going to do that thing where they keep it away to try and just like uh, like Nintendo do, where they go, now we're not showing you because you you ruined it. So they're going to hold on to it for a bit longer. So you just bitter Phil Spencer not giving the people what, um, what they want. I, I'm trying to think, where is where are we at with um, uh, la, 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 Master Chief? Where What's he doing these days? Because they're obviously reeling oh. off the lackluster reception from um, Halo. What, was it? Halo Infinite, yeah. 
So I'm, I mean, I'm, I think we need to see something um, Halo related. I, I, th I think the only problem with Halo historically is that it, they don't churn those games out very quickly. No, but I don't. I don't necessarily mean a, a new game. I mean something to do with Infinite or something. There's going to be something to. I've, I feel like I haven't heard anything I mean, from about Halo for ages. They still do multiplayer seasons. They're still out there with all the you know that usual stuff. It just doesn't make very much noise. That's all. So maybe some maybe something to do with a season or a special thing or something. I don't know. I feel I feel like Halo's dead on its ass if they don't do something or talk about it or make it heard. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I, I feel like I would put Gears of War higher up on that conversation for me in terms of yeah. things that I want to hear about or see. Also, one minor correction. The uh, the Xbox Series X and that Hellblade Two initial look they were 2019, not 2021. That's how long ago. Um, since that was the big the, baby. How long it's been? The senior senior was sacrifice, big baby. Oh, yeah, it, it, it was that first one that got people like a bit a bit of a tears about whether or not it actually looked good and like the lines being blurred between gameplay and all these yes. little kind of weird stuff. Um, let's end it with the uh, the biggest one of the night. No, though. Despite the extra security, will Jeff Keighley get stage rushed to the Game Awards, Jersey? Oh, no. He, there he's going to do so much this year to make sure that no Bill Clinton-esque <laughs> shenanigans go on. Um, uh, what, I can't remember what the last one was. What was the last year's one? It was the, it was, it was, ironically, it was the person who was like, show us GTA 6 at the... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so, rush the stage at Gamescom. Got on the mic and was like, "Where's GTA? Where's GTA? Like, one now. Now you've got answer." <laughs> I, no, I think he's been burnt twice. Was it twice bitten? No, was it once? Oh no, it's the same. Once shy. been twice shy. Was it for me once? Shame on me. <laughs> no, it for, for me, me. For me once. Shame on you. For me twice. Shame on me. You can't fool me again. I don't know. Uh, All right, George W. No, he is going to have insane security to make sure this doesn't happen again. But if it does happen again, it'll be all the more impressive because of the security that you will have. Let's go with that. I like it. I I've like got it. a question for you. Yeah. What is the leak going to be that comes out on Wednesday that uh, really pisses off Jeff? If you leak that ruins everything for Jeff. Because that seems to be um, a thing nowadays. The leak that ruins everything for Jeff is that Kojima is going to be there and Kojima is going to show something, but Kojima's not there to show Death Stranding 2. Kojima's there to show something completely different. Um, be it like one of the old projects or one of the old leaks that have happened. Overdose or any of that weird stuff. Like the project that's been announced at Microsoft could be any of that weird stuff. Basically, he's going to try and like tease Kojima being there, get everyone ready for a Death Stranding 2 trailer, and he's going to shadow drop some, something mental um, uh, that completely takes Kojima of heads by surprise. Um, all for it to be, well, yeah. Um, spoiled for him uh, days and hours in advance we've got a, uh, a, a prediction in chat which is the um, Bioshock TV series coming next year is that in production is that a thing I, th I, I don't know I, don't, I think we've I think we've maybe talked about something because I've seen something to do with big daddies is that a thing if it's not that's, I think that's a good shout. I, re I remember um, the, the movie was obviously something that was around for a long time, and then Gore Verbinski was circling it and all that kind of weird stuff. Um, yeah, that Bioshock right for adaptation, if done correctly. Uh, very rapture, very interesting world um, that would easily stand on its own two legs in a TV format. Um, just like we stand on our own two legs in a number of different formats, whether you watch the video version of this podcast, listen to the audio version of this podcast, um, 
it's fantastic everywhere you go, isn't it, Jonesy? It is. It's it's epic everywhere. Indeed, it is. And thank you, sir, uh, for making it so epic. Um, it's been great having you with me um, on what is sure to be remembered as one of the most historical weeks of video games. All thanks to that weird Bitcoin pusher on Twitter. <laughs> thank you wherever and whenever you are for joining us on this week. And remember, um, the only thing better than Game Awards predictions are Game Awards realities. And we will know all about them this time next week. Um, so join us again uh, Monday. Not quite same time, same place, but close enough. YouTube, podcasting platforms, wherever you want to find us, we'll be there. And with that, thank you again, and we'll see you next time. See ya.